You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 183 of that one time on tour is brought to you by Double Helix Records and the band Near Beer. Near Beer is an indie rock band from Los Angeles and sort of New York City. Formed by members of LA bands The Henry Clay People, Fakers, and I Make This Sound, Near Beer's music is perhaps best described as guitars for days in three-minute bursts. For fans of Pavement, Petty, Neil, Bruce, GBV, The Mats, and The Clash, Near Beer's new self-titled LP will be released by Double Helix Records on July 15th. Chorus FM wrote, Merged somewhere between the songwriting groove of Tom Petty, the modern flair of Brian Fallon, and the punk rock spirit of The Descendants, Near Beer could very well be your next music obsession. For more information on Near Beer, you can find them on all of the streaming platforms and their new album can be pre-ordered from either nearbeerla.com or doublehelixrecords.com. Now here it is, their new single, Mixtape Generation.
It is now 2024, and the choice is up to you. Do you listen to good podcasts, or do you listen to bad ones? Well, we've got a suggestion for you. How about you listen to a good podcast for the first time in your miserable life? I can think of one. Overnight Drive. Going strong. 11 years now. The podcast about nothing. Your favorite podcast's favorite podcast. Do you enjoy nothing? (laughs) So do we. Why don't you come over and check it out. And stop listening to other podcasts. Thank you. Hey, what's up? I'm Travis. And this is Nick. We are girlfriends. And you're listening to That One Time on Tour. Run for the road. Yes, it's going on and on. We'll be driving through the darkest night until the break of dawn. We'll be heading for the cities. Another show for us to play. To get back in the bed tomorrow. Hey, hey, everybody out there in podcast land, what is going on? As always, this is Chris Swinney, and I am your host for that one time on tour. If this is your first time joining me, this is my podcast where I get to sit down and have an awesome stellar conversation with someone in or around the entertainment industry. It's been a couple weeks. I'm back. I hope you're doing well out there. Summer is upon us here in the good old Hoosier state where I live. It hit triple digits yesterday and today, and it's hot. I mean, you know it's hot out there. Next week, it's like mid-90s all week. So a couple days ago, I decided to set up our little pool that I got for the kids during the pandemic And uh, it's one of those small pools with like a blue inner tube around the top that floats and kind of keeps the water in. You've seen them on on Amazon or in different places. Well, we got it and put it up and we got about two, maybe two and a half days of actual swimming. And then our neighborhood cat decided to claw the blue inner tube so bad that we could not patch it. I didn't know what we were going to do. We have family coming over tomorrow. Everybody wants to swim. So I got my son, Silas, we went and we bought another pool. We upgraded to a metal framed above ground pool. It's awesome. It didn't take very long to set up and it looks really cool. It's uh, It come, came with a pump and the, the whole deal. So I am now, I don't just have a little tiny kind of toy pool. I am a pool owner. I could not be more excited. The kids are happy. The wife's happy. I'm stoked. And uh, yeah, the first time I'll be in it will be tomorrow because we set it up yesterday and then uh, we had some rain. So uh, it's going to be hot. We're going to swim. We're going to have a pizza swimming pool party. It's going to be awesome with the family tomorrow. So I hope you guys are having a great summer out there so far and trying to stay cool. In my new studio, uh, the air conditioning is really, really nice, but I can't run it all the time. It's not hooked up to the house, so I don't want to have a $9,000 electric bill. And uh, right now during this taping, I have to turn the AC off so you don't hear it over the microphones. I hope it stays it stays kind of cool in here while I'm doing this. But uh, I've been working a lot in the studio. 
finishing up some busy work on the new fire sale tunes, mixing and mastering some projects for other bands and, and other podcasts and different stuff. If you guys are interested, you need any work done or consulting or whatever, hit me up. There's all kinds of contact info on this intro. So just listen for it. But uh, that's really what I've been doing. And I've also been staying very busy doing new chats for the podcast, trying to build up the bank of episodes again when I, I took some time off. And uh, you'll be hearing a lot of them very, very soon. Speaking of those chats, let's talk about today's episode. Today on the program, I got to sit down and chat with Travis Mills and Nick Gross from the band Girlfriends. If you're not familiar with Girlfriends, I'm sure that you've seen some of the guy's other work. Travis is an accomplished musician. He used to be T Mills. He was a rapper. I saw him on the Warp Tour way back in the day. He's also a host on MTV. He has two shows that he co-hosts, uh, one called Ghosted and Secret Relationship. I know a lot of you out there like me. I even say it to him when we talk. It's kind of a guilty pleasure, but yeah, I watch those shows. I watch Catfish. I watch all that bullshit. Uh, and what else? Nick played drums for a while for Goldfinger. He also runs a record label with John Feldman from Goldfinger called Big Noise. John actually produced the new Girlfriend stuff, so you know it's going to be good if Feldy produced it. You got to check it out. Also, Big Noise, their record label, uh, is releasing the new Girlfriend's record, Emotion Sickness, which is out now everywhere. This episode kind of came out in conjunction with the uh, with the new record. So go check it out, Emotion Sickness, and you're going to love it. So before I get to my chat with the guys from Girlfriends, which is a weird sentence, the guys from Girlfriends, let's do some housekeeping. We've got some awesome sponsors on this episode, the band Near Beer. Uh, you can check them out at nearbeerla.com and their record label, Double Helix Records. Thank you guys so much for sponsoring this episode. They they came on board. They're putting out the new Yotam record. Yotam's going to come on and talk about it. But Double Helix Records, you know, give you guys a round of applause. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. I could not, I can't say thank you enough. But if you want to grab the new Near Beer record that's coming out, Head over to nearbeerla.com or doublehelixrecords.com, and uh, we're going to have more Double Helix Records artists on the program soon, so thank you guys so much for sponsoring. As always, partscasterconcierge.com, my buddy Gary, you heard me talk about him all the time. He built me a guitar. He needs to build you one. He was on the podcast a couple weeks ago, so go back and listen. It's a very entertaining episode if you want to hear us shoot the shit for three hours about nothing. <laughs> Uh, so shout out to Gary. Thanks so much for sponsoring the podcast. Um, Permanent Tattoo Gallery over in Anderson, Indiana. It's the only place to get tattooed in East Central Indiana. They're normally pretty booked up, but uh, check out their Instagram and maybe you can get you a spot and go get some ink. It's at Permanent Tattoo Gallery on all the socials. All of this information is in the show notes on the episode page over at TOTOTpodcast.com. So make sure you go there for all of this info. Also, I almost forgot. I've got I've to start writing this stuff down a little bit better. I, I, I got my phone right here. We have one more sponsor. One more sponsor. I told you about it last time. 1603 underscore designs. My buddy Jeff Small. He... Uh, he had this thing for a long time. Mr. Small teaches math. He, he's a punk rocker, but he's also a math teacher. And he had a YouTube channel where you could learn math. I think he still has that. But his new venture is 1603 Designs. 
he makes these awesome like band logos and like sports team logos out of wood. They're so amazing. He has an Etsy store. I'm just looking on here. He just did a strung out logo. He's doing some a black flag logo, no effects. He did this like Foo Fighters thing to in tribute of Taylor's passing. So many things. Pennywise, Fish, even if you like Fish, the band Fish, he did a Fish logo. I'm not into it, but maybe you are. I'm into this Misfits State of New Jersey logo that he did. So you need to check it out. He has an Etsy store. You can commission him to do work. You can buy the stuff he's already got. Whatever you need to do, check it out. He's on Instagram at 1603 underscore designs. Shout out to Jeff. Thank you so much for sponsoring the podcast, my man. If you have a band or a company and you want to sponsor an episode, hit me up, Podcast at gmail.com or on any of the socials at Podcast. If you would like to make a one-time donation to help keep the lights on at that one time on tour, you can hit up my personal Venmo. It is at Christopher Swinney. That is C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R-S-W-I-N-N-E-Y. The easiest and most cost-effective way to support the show is to just subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. Tell a friend, tell somebody you think will like it, and they'll check it out. I would like to give a shout out, as I always do, to our art director, Sarah, over at Road Dog Supply. Make sure to follow her on Instagram and Facebook at Road Dog Supply. She just got off of the road. She was on tour, tour managing for Protest the Hero, our buddies over at Protest the Hero. And I think they had an amazing tour. I know Rhodey had a had a voice issue for a while, but uh, I guess everybody, I'm not sure what, what city that was in, but uh, everybody in the crowd sang all the words for him, so... Shout out to Sarah. Hope it was a good tour. Shout out to Rhodey and the boys in Protest the Hero. Rhodey, I hope your voice is getting better. Timmy, I hope you're doing well. I love the guys in Protest, and uh, you guys should always support them as well. Amazing people, amazing band. And support Sarah over at Road Dog Supply, and you'll love it. There we go. Okay, so we have a radio segment this week. Let's kick it off. On this edition of TOTOT Radio, I just wanted to highlight a band that I love, some guys that mean a lot to me. Uh, There's this band, Havoc Faction. They were one of the very first sponsors on this podcast over three and a half, almost four years ago. And uh, they've sponsored many times, like like six, seven times. It's been kind of crazy. They really, really support what I do, and I support what they do. Kyle and all the Havoc Faction guys have always been so awesome. They sent me a tank top and a shirt, and they they just they send me all kinds of stuff, and they're always on board to help out the podcast. And I've become a fan of their band. Like, I really have. I listen to their stuff all the time. I wear the shirt all the time, and I get comments on it. Like, what is that? Because it's, it's this cool logo with, like, an H and an F. And, yeah, I just – I really like these guys. And uh, like I said, Kyle is a very talented guy and the stuff that he writes and the way that the band, there's a concept and they wear costumes, but it's not like cheesy slipknot stuff. I don't know. It's 
it's a very kind of highbrow kind of thing, and I really enjoy it, and they're very, very hardworking. So uh, I want to highlight them, but I also want to read a little bit from their bio just to kind of give you guys an idea of uh, you know what they're all about. And I'm planning on having Kyle on the show here in the future. Uh, a bunch of bands that have sponsored have kind of come up and then been guests on the show, like the guys in uh, Carusco and different bands like that. So... Let me read a little bit from their bio. Havoc Faction is a multimedia concept band. They have a post-apocalyptic aesthetic with musical roots in hard rock, post-hardcore, emo, and punk. They take inspiration from bands like Starset, Story of the Year, Thrice, and Armor for Sleep. And I love all those bands. And I love this band. They're also they're, they're super, super creative. They also have like an online comic that ties in with the concept of the band. It's really, really cool. Make sure to check out their Instagram at Havoc underscore faction to check that out. And uh, I've just I've met and befriended so many awesome bands through this podcast and Havoc Faction are one of my favorites. So I'm going to play their song. This is their song Home Wrecked. Check it out. Like a true 
can't help but wonder how you got this far, got this far. So there it was, Home Wrecked from my dudes in Havoc Faction. Make sure to check them out on Instagram and everywhere else at Havoc underscore Faction. Thank you guys for being friends of the show. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, you guys rock. So that is it for the intro, ladies and gentlemen. Now I'm going to give you what you came for. This is my conversation with Travis Mills and Nick Gross of the awesome band Girlfriends. I hope you enjoy it. And I'm on the line with Travis and Nick from Girlfriends, an awesome new band I've been checking out a lot lately. I'm glad to have you guys on the show. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm excellent, Chris. Thank you so much for having us, man. We're also a massive uh, Atari's fan as well, so this is really <laughs> cool to be on with you. That's cool, man. That's uh, my my one little claim to fame. Sometimes people are like, I don't want to do your show, and then they hear that, and they're like, well, I'll give you a chance. You know what I mean? um no dude yeah we're we're fucking stoked i mean uh, i grew up in you know listening to you guys and loving you guys and uh yeah the fact that we get to hop on here with you and talk about music is uh it's a dream come true so thank you well i was very intrigued when i got the email from your publicist because not only do i know that nick you are now playing with felody and the guys in in goldfinger and i know my career and all those guys pretty well that travis i watch your tv shows man (laughs) Oh, for real? Yeah, my wife and I, it's kind of, I hate to say guilty pleasure with the guy that's here that hosts it, but we, you know, we love Catfish, and then so we kind of, we check out everything else that's in that realm, and Ghosted, and the new and secret relationship. I got to say, we're addicted to it, man. Dude, thank you so much, man. That's that's funny. Uh, I'm glad that, I'm glad that you guys enjoy it, and that, yeah, it well, brings a little bit of joy. And I, I told my wife, too, the funny thing was... I remember way back in the day being on Warp Tour and seeing T Mills play Warp Tour. And in my mind, I'm like, that's the same dude. It's got to be the same dude. And it is. It's that's what the T stands for, I guess, right? 100%. Yeah, man. T, uh, yeah. When I was thinking of, of rap, rap names, I just kind of went with my own name. I had a credit card and it said Travis. My middle name is Tatum. So it said Travis T Mills. And when I was like making, I think my MySpace page and I had to pick a name, I was like, all right, well, that's it. (laughs) Well, let's, uh, let's get into the girlfriend talk. I'm sure this conversation will kind of go all over the map, but, uh, you guys have a brand new record coming out, Emotion Sickness. It comes out June 17th via Big Noise. Right off the top, I got to ask, do either of you guys listen to Silver Chair? Man, you know, Silverchair, I can't tell you much much about them, but Silverchair is is a badass band, though, for sure. They have a song on their second or third record called Emotion Sickness. And, okay. and so, like, when I saw this, that was another thing. It's like, this is just meant to happen. You guys are supposed to be on my podcast because I've had Ben from their band on the podcast, and they were 
I'm older than you fellas. I'm I'm 43, so I grew up with a lot of those 90s kind of grungy bands. So that was just another thing. I saw the name of the record, and I'm like, it's serendipitous. You're supposed to be on the show today. That's crazy. I, I, I'll admit that uh, I'm not familiar with Silverchair, and I had no idea, but I think that's fucking rad, and I'm going to go check it out as soon as we're done doing this. You guys do like the E with the parentheses, so I mean, copyright, it's, it's, it's enough different that there's not going to be an issue from the Silverchair <laughs> camp, but that nice. was the thing. I saw that, and I'm like, okay, so I love Goldfinger. I love the MTV shows Travis does. And then there's this other band I really love from the nineties and you guys have a similar title. So that's why I was just like, hell yeah, man, let's do this shit. I'm glad you guys are here today, but I want to talk about the new record. Uh, your publicist sent it to me. I got to say, man, it is full of hooks. It is the most hooks I think I've heard on any record for a very long time. <laughs> I, I'm sure very, you, very I'm sure hooky. you hear that very a lot. Hooky. Yeah. Very hooky. Now, <clears throat> I want to talk a lot about you guys worked with John Feldman, who I'm such a fan of his work. I, I'm, we have a lot of mutual friends. I've, I sent Feldy my high school demo back in the day, and he actually told me, yeah, it's decent. I'm going to pass, but it's decent. So I feel like I've got this connection with Feldy. But um, this new record, I've seen some of the videos where you guys are in the studio with him. Where do those hooks come from? Is that just like... Take me through the process of how you guys are putting the songs together and where those hooks actually come from. Um, I mean, more often than not, I think it just comes from us talking in the room. It's like before a guitar is even picked up or there's anything laid down, it's just like walking in. And, you know, my iPhone is like full of thousands of little weird notes. Um, and so like, we'll just come in and I'll just say like weird sentences or be like, hey, you know, I thought about you while I was taking a shower and felt these like, go record it right now. Like there's like no time to really think. It's just like pretty instantaneous. Um, and I think, you know, Nick does such a great job of like picking up every instrument in the room and like him and Feldy just creating foundations for songs in literally like minutes. Um, it just allows the whole process to be not overthought. Like you have to be so stream of consciousness and just kind of like be in the moment. And I think that's where a lot of our, our best music is made. Nick, you, you actually are, you know, I guess this is what it said on the internet. So excuse me if it's not correct. You're the CEO of big noise, your partners with, with John Feldman. And then I can't remember the name the guy that used to be an executive at vagrant. You guys got that whole thing going. You've had some success. Was that just like, we have this band, we, we we're starting to write these songs. Let's go with Feldy. Was it kind of a no brainer? I think so. Yeah. It's, it's, we, we tried to keep it in the family and I think that's what's so cool and special about what we get to do with this project is just be able to like come together as a small group to make every single decision from the music to the creative, to the, to the touring, just to the, our whole process is very kind of insular in that regard and allows us to kind of be agile and move quickly and do the things that we want. And um, it's been special. Yeah. So Feldy was definitely like a no, no brainer. We worked, worked with him on the first album and um, had him here on the, on the second album Album three, who knows where that goes? You know, I think Trav and I definitely are probably going to expand our our uh, creativity a bit into into probably other lanes. But Feldy's Feldy's the the champ. You know, he's like he's like the father figure here at, at Big Noise, and we love working with him. I mean his his mixes, his production, like everything he's done. You know, back to the first used record, and I mean in the Goldfinger stuff. 
it's just immaculate. I I think he deserves all of the accolades that he gets for being the producer that he's he's turned into, and you can really hear that on the new record. It's one of the cleanest records I think I've heard. I mean, and clean by just the way everything is mixed, the isolation and everything. When you guys were getting tones with John, was that kind of a painstaking thing as far as drums? I know you're a drummer first and foremost, but like, what was that kind of process like as far as guitar tones? drum tone stuff like that yeah it's a great question I'm, I'm definitely probably one of the more selective people when it comes to just thinking about how things sound we definitely wanted to to evolve and mature i would say that the yeah the sound of the second album but you know the first album definitely was like we didn't we weren't very nitpicky with how things sounded we know it was it was a little bit like washier a little bit dreamier a little bit more expansive in terms of the guitar tones this one, we kind of wanted to just get back to a little bit more of that like pop punk natural feel with guitars that are kind of like, you know, um, super drivey and, and drums that really popped and were, were kind of like had nice samples on top of them and just were more selective over choosing what those samples sounded like. And there was definitely more of that involvement for the second album and definitely wanted to kind of like polish this one up a little bit more than the first one. So you'll definitely hear that on this album. Cause I'll say that like, you know, if someone was to ask me what vein your band would be in or what genre or who I would like recommend kind of sounds like it's in that new kind of resurgence of pop punk with MGK and everything. But what I, what I really like about this record is that there is some grit. There's an edge to how it's produced and you know, that must be felty. Maybe it's not felty, but, and no, no diss on MGK or any of those other guys, but they're so polished. It's almost like you're listening to a pop song and you guys do. The drums are bigger. The guitars are bitier. Like I just, I love that you guys kind of harken back to maybe the nineties punk mixed with this resurgence of pop punk. Do you agree with that? It's yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I, I don't think we felt me and Travis got into a room and we're like, we want it to be like what you get is what you get with the three of us in the room, right? We weren't saying, hey, we wanted this thing to sound like some other thing or whatever. It was just the three of us in a room creating this together. And that's kind of the outcome of what it was. I think that definitely speaks to uh, obviously who Feldy is as a producer um, and his influences, but also to Travis and I, you know, growing up um, around the scene early on, right? In the early 2000s and being influenced by kind of like the real leaders and in this genre right now that's having a resurgence. And I think that kind of comes out naturally and, just how Travis is as a singer and what he's writing about and his style. And, and I guess me as a drummer as well, like my influences growing up were a ton of these guys that are, um, you know, playing now today and having a resurgence. So Travis, when you're doing vocals, like, like I said, I've seen a lot of the, uh, a lot of the videos of you in the studio and, and you know, as far as writing, I, I saw the Roxy. I watched the entire thing we guys did at the Roxy. And, and there was that one song where you were talking about, you know, I didn't feel happy to go in and, and write a song. I, I was kind of the pandemic was, was hitting and, and everybody had, you know, different feelings about that. So you went in and you wanted to write a dark song when you, you get inspiration, like, like where does that come from lyrically and like even melody wise, like this song's going to be a major song. This song's going to be a minor song. Is that just something that happens in the moment? Or is that something that you kind of, before you even get into the studio, you, you kind of have pre-planned, not pre-planned, but just you have an idea of what's in your mind that day. Dude, I'm the worst planner ever. Okay. I can't even plan like what I'm going to fucking eat for dinner tonight. 
but I, I think I have ideas and I have like, I can, I can hear the way that certain words that I write should sound. Right. And I don't go in like, this is in the key of a, or like, Hey, this song's in D because my brain just doesn't work like that. Yeah. Uh, but it's just like, I can kind of like hum something or, or you know, and be like, Oh, it, sh- it should be like, and then Feldy and Nick are just wizards. And so like, they'll pull out a guitar and like find it. And then, you know, it'll happen really quick. As far as like where the ideas come from, dude, I don't know. I, I, I just like, I, I get things and sentences and, and phrases in my head and I just, my best uh, to write them down. So I don't forget them. You know, I think it's just like as, as a, a, a songwriter or a singer, I think that you're kind of tapped into something bigger than yourself and, and everyone kind of wishes that they knew where it comes from, but you can't really pinpoint inspiration. You know, I think I, what I've, what I've worked really hard on the last like 12 or 13 years of my life being an artist is, is knowing when to capture it. Right. Yeah. Like even like when I'm falling asleep, you know, 10 years ago, I would have just passed out. I'll wake up, pull out my phone, write something down. And it might not be good the next day, but at least I have it. And I'm like, okay, cool. And it's just like, it's almost like a, you know, it's like, it's a, it's a daily practice. I I love the fact that like my cell phone, I'm in a new band now. I started a band with Matt Riddle from no use for a name. And and we're, we're working on a record right now. And, you know, back in the day when I would write songs, like you said, if you were going to sleep and you had a melody idea or you had something in your mind it would just kind of be gone. But now you can sing it into your phone. You can grab the guitar. I feel like just like you, any idea I have, even the smallest little three note drop melody or whatever, if I throw it on my phone, there's stuff on my phone that I I did six years ago that I'm using now. So it's, do you think technology has not just helped be able to record and make things a little bit cheaper and whatever, but do you think that that's actually helped creativity in that way? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, yeah, yes and no. Right. Like it's like that thing where, you know, we all have iPhones and, and these phones with crazy cameras on it. So we're taking photos of everything, but how often do you really go back and like look through it? Yeah, right. Like yeah. a lot of us will just kind of do it. I think the biggest thing for me is yeah. The notes app and, and voice memos, because like, I mean, you know how it is in sessions and stuff. Yeah. Like when you're writing, you forget shit. So I, I definitely think it's saved. Uh, it saved some songs that would eventually I would have just forgotten about because you always think like, oh, this is cool. I'll remember this tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and you have no fucking idea what <laughs> yes. it was. I think what the what the weirdest thing is, is doing these or was doing these Zoom session, Zoom songwriting sessions <laughs> in like 2020. There were these like, yeah, oh, we're going to Zoom in from New York and write a song together and do this over Zoom. It was so we had some wacky. I hated it. I yeah, hate, it wasn't good. We, we did. We did it. We did it twice. Um, and that shit. I hated it. Wasn't fun. That's how, that's how we've written our entire record because I'm in Indiana and he's in California. Yeah. So we do like, Oh wow. The whole record has been remote. Our drummer and our singer in Virginia, he's in California. I'm here in the middle of the country and we just send everything out done to click tracks and everybody has their home studio. And then I put it together and there you go, man. (laughs) Yo, that's like the postal service. I mean, they were doing it before technology, but uh, you know, they were literally mailing each other the stems, like the tracks so that they could work together. And I always thought like, one, that's so fucking sick. Just like the analog aspect of it all Two, They were actually using the post office and three, like, yeah, that that was what you had to do before technology. Now we have things like this. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. 
What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe to Grind podcast. I want to talk a little bit about you guys have both brought up some influences, and thank you very much for saying that you you dig my old band. But uh, what were, you know, we'll start with Nick growing up what were some of the bands that kind of got you interested in music? And cause you know, this is your life now, this is your career. What were some of the bands that kind of got in your head and made you feel like that was something you wanted to pursue? I mean, for me, it was Everclear. Everclear was the first album that I, um, or first band that I put on, you know, um, uh, so much for the afterglow. Yeah. And that was one of like, when I first heard that, that drum beat and the second song in the album, I was like, I want to play drums. So that for me was a huge band growing up that I loved. Um, influences, obviously the Blink-182s of the world. Um, you know, Incubus was a huge one for me. I love the, like, just the, I don't know, the, the jamminess of that band and how creative, you know, Brandon Boyd was as a singer and just love, love that as a departure from the Blink world of things. And weirdly enough, I was really influenced by Dave Matthews band. I love watching Carter Bird play drums and, um, and just like the musicality and the instrumentation and like how they put that together in a live setting was so cool to me. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's a, that's a really wide range of different things, but yeah, I, I would say that that's kind of me. How about you, Trav? Uh, I mean, I have to agree with Nick, like obviously the Blink 182s, you know, like that, what like Blink was my favorite band growing up. Um, and at the same time, like, MXPX and, and no effects. And, um, I was like, I was in a punk rock before I was in a pop punk. There was like a big evolution. Yeah. And so like the, the Ramones I was obsessed with, I mean, like, I think like third grade, you know, and then it was like dead Kennedys and, and bands like that bad religion, black flag. And then like, I got into minor threats of the world. And then that led me into like hardcore. But at the same time I had, a huge love in my heart for pop punk and these like big melodies and like really catchy riffs. So yeah, I was like a, I was a, a punk rock and, and metal and hardcore kid um, growing up. And then on the other end of that, I also really loved rap music because I felt like punk and, and rap had very much of the same kind of DIY mentality. And, you know, I grew up in a small, like, you know, Riverside, California. It was like a small shitty town and everyone worked construction and grew up going to like backyard shows. And so, yeah, I, you know, being in the music industry or being in a band that was popular was like something that only happened in movies. And so the coolest thing to me were like, you know, these, these big, like 
local punk bands, right? That would like throw these house shows and shit. And so that's that's the route that I wanted to go. Well, you guys both mentioned Blink-182. You know, I love those guys. You know, great guys, great band. Been listening to them forever. Got to hang out with them a couple times. You talk about those guys with fondly, but you've also, you collabed with Travis Barker, which is pretty awesome. And I know that Travis is close with Feldy and does a lot of stuff with him. How did that, is that kind of how that came about and how was it working with Travis? Nick and I both have our own Travis stories. I mean, I've known Travis, uh, I grew up in Riverside. He's from Corona. So he was like a God to me growing up. Um, but I met him back in the T-Mills days. Uh, he invited me to the studio and we became friends and I, he, he actually took me to, uh, I got to see the last five Blink-182 shows when Thomas Stone, the band in 2015 and like got to like watch like side stage every single night. It was fucking epic. Um, and we had always just like kept in contact and, and just been, you know, super cool. And, and, uh, when we started the band and we were at Feldy's all the time, he would come through, but I, Nick has a crazy story too, from when he was a kid with <laughs> I, Travis. I'd love to hear it, man. I know the listeners yeah. would too. Yeah. I mean, he, he was one of my biggest influences, I would say for sure. Um, as a young kid, I basically put myself in as many scenarios as I could just to be like around his energy and kind of close to him. So I go to all the shows to the point where like he would find me backstage and kind of like point me out and have his old assistant, little Chris that passed away, come grab me. And so we get to hang backstage and I have no idea why, but he would always kind of point me out and bring me into like scenarios with him. And I ended up playing Weenie Rose with my first band when I was like 15 years old at um, Irvine Bryson Amphitheater with the transplants and then met Travis there again bumped into him and then, you know, convinced him to allow me to come up to his house and take drum lessons with him. And so I did when I was 16 and just got to like, I remember just driving up in my Hemi truck to go like park outside Travis's house and so nervous to walk into his house to, to have like a drum lesson with this guy. And, um, it was really cool. And then like, that was when his meet the Barker show started to happen. And then, you know, a year later, an MTV show came into our town in Laguna Beach and ended up featuring my band on an MTV show. So we were kind of synced up through this whole MTV connection. Um, And then, you know, from there, I was just like always obsessed watching those videos of him on TRL playing with Blink kind of in that window. And that was always a huge goal of mine. And um, with my first band, we got to actually close out like the last TRL ever through that MTV show. So it was cool just to see how like different paths started to sync up together just by me following Travis and being so influenced by him and like trying to stay around his energy and just like putting all my, all my energy into that because I was so influenced by this guy and seeing some of those like things start to come true for me in my own life was really, really cool. It was like a universal odd thing, you know, that I never thought could be possible just even getting close to this guy. And suddenly I'm kind of like in his world. So it was really cool for me. If you don't mind, what was, what was the name of the band? Because I, I, watch too much MTV and Laguna beach actually was a show that I used to watch on the road all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. We were on the third season. It was, my band was called open air stereo. So yeah, that was like 2006 dude. Okay. Question. Do you remember yeah. having a guy from Alabama tour with you guys and run sound or do something named Jer? A hundred percent. I know Jer. Check this out. <laughs> this is, this is why you guys are supposed to be on the fucking show today. <laughs> okay, so I, after I stopped playing with the Ataris, I moved down to Gulf Shores, Alabama to work for the Hangout Music Festival. You guys have probably heard of the festival. They yeah, just had yeah. it a couple I weeks we, back. We, I think we played Hangout. Uh, yeah. yeah, so Jer was a guy that I hired to be my main sound guy 
and we got to be very close friends, I actually roomed together for a while. And oh, cool. we talk all the time and he's one of probably one of my best friends. And he told me all about that tour. So when you kept mentioning Laguna beach, I'm like, it's gotta be the same band. Yeah. 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 Same, same scenario. That's so funny. That's yeah, crazy. Okay. Hopefully Jerry's hopefully Jerry's doing well. He helped us out a lot. He actually opened his own restaurant on the beach. He's doing awesome. <laughs> Sweet. If you're, cool. if you're ever cool. in orange beach, go to fresh off the boat. It's a really good place. <laughs> there. So I want to talk a little bit about the live stuff. I know that you guys just played So What Music Fest. I had a lot of friends down there in Texas playing that festival. Uh, the videos that I saw, it looked like it was just the two of you guys. Is that kind of how the live stuff's going to continue? Or do you plan on like having a full like guitars, bass, the whole deal? Um, I think for, for now, it's definitely it's Nick and I up there. Right. And, um, you know, who knows, like what the live show will evolve into uh, in the future. But I think it's kind of like an ever, ever changing kind of thing and ever evolving. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know how it is when when you're a young band, it's like it's really nice to be light and tight and have like a, you know, a small, solid crew that can get up there and get it done. And um, and that's what we're we're trying to do right now. The stuff that I saw was great, man. It sounded it sounded wonderful. What was the reception like there at that festival for you guys? Dallas, for whatever reason, is one of like our best markets. And I say that like we've toured all around a bunch of times. I mean, we've we played Dallas. That was like our third or fourth time ever being there. But every time, like the first time we played there, I mean, everyone knew all the words. And, you know, we were so surprised just because, like I said, we're we're a young band and um, they've just always showed us like mad love. And so we were really stoked. Uh, it was like 97 degrees. So it was just <laughs> scorching hot. It took me back to the warp tour days for sure. Like Kevin Lyman would have been proud. <laughs> Do you have any, uh, you know, that's the one thing I have in my notes is that you guys seem to me, you know, I, I've done warp tour countless. I can't even tell you how many times I've been on the warp tour, but your band kind of seems like that would be a good outlet, a good way to spread the the word of girlfriends. You've been on Warp Tour. Do you have any crazy stories from Warp Tour that you can regale our listeners with? <laughs> dude, I don't remember Warp Tour if I'm being <laughs> honest. I mean, you know how it is. It's like punk yeah. rock summer camp, dude. All like all you do is fucking party all day. <laughs> the barbecue, and, man. And you just wait for the barbecue. Dude, and you know, people are running around with spiked Gatorade, and yeah, I mean, it's a group one. It's a grueling tour just because of like how many shows. It's you know, shows every day. The drives are crazy. Um, it's hot. It's hot, hotter than anything else you'll ever experience. Um, and then you're you're playing music every day. Yeah. So I I, I have like glimpses. Um, <laughs> I remember I bought I bought mini dirt bikes um, and had them in my trailer, and I would I would mob them around. And, and there's a photo of like me, MGK, and Mod from 2012, and I'm on like my mini dirt bike, like cruising around, and we're all just hanging out. Um, and I would just ride that thing all throughout the fucking festival, dude, like every day, and no one would give me shit. It was awesome. I, I remember, I'm not sure what year this was, but, uh, you know, talking about collabs, I've got some more questions about that, but I know that you guys also did one with Bert from the used. And I remember, gosh, I can't remember what year this was, but AFI was on the tour and the user on the tour. And I just would always see <clears throat> Davey havoc 
with Bert on the back of his bike with a little black umbrella riding around the fairgrounds. <laughs> I just always thought that was so funny. What was it like working with Bert? He seems like such a good dude. Yeah, he he's he's awesome, man. Like we uh we ended up just sending him this track that we thought would be perfect for him. He was in Australia at the time and remember sitting in the kitchen at Feldy's house with Travis as he sent the song back and hearing his vocal on it. And we all just like freaked out. We were like, we couldn't believe that Bert's vocal was actually on the song. You know, it was like one of those like, wait, yeah. realization moments. That was kind of it with the first album with everyone really like Travis Barker and, and Bert and, um, you know, them too. But we also had Death by Romy, who was awesome as well, having a female feature on the album. But yeah, having those those two was really surreal, I think, for Travis and I, you know, like growing up idolizing both of those guys. And the fact that they were on the record was like, cool. I <laughs> can't believe it. It all came full circle too, because like two, three months ago, Feldy called me and was like, hey, do you want to come to the studio today? Um, I want you to write with the used because he's making their new record. And I was like, fuck yeah. And so uh, I got to go in there and, and hang hang out with the guys and and we wrote a really good song that's that's going to be on their next record which I'm stoked about like for you know teenage me to know that uh I got to to write a song with Bert that's that's going to be on the new used record is pretty fucking cool that's awesome and I love the fact that you know you guys have girlfriends you've got a record out you've got a new record coming out but the fact that it is so insular and you guys have this kind of even though big noise is successful it's kind of this DIY mentality and you're going in and writing with other artists and you're just kind of spreading the love around. I mean, is that, do you enjoy the band aspect more or maybe working with other artists or just being in music in general? Like, is there anything that you like a little bit better? I love the band. I mean, I've been in music, you know, since, since ever, since I could remember. Um, but the, the, I think the greatest thing for me is, is, you know, using it as a vehicle to, to really express myself, writing with artists and everything I do outside uh, of the band, it all stems from music, right? Like even the MTV shows, like had I not been a musician, I would have never had those relationships to meet the people at MTV and, you know, and then host those shows and same with like my Apple music shows. But yeah, writing, writing with other artists is, is really fun, but I think getting to, to make your own records with, you know, your perspective and, and saying everything that you want to say will always be, the most rewarding thing. I think actually playing the songs has to yeah. be the most rewarding. Like that's why we sit in dark rooms with no windows and clocks for fucking 12 hours a day. Right. So <laughs> to go out on tour and, and play shows. Yeah. People are always like, man, tour looks like it's so much fun. And it, I'm like, yeah, it's so much work, but most of us just sitting around waiting for the half hour to 45 minutes. You get to have yeah. fun, you know, hurry up and wait, dude. So uh, what I want to talk about, you know, we've been talking about all these collabs. Do you guys, I love the fact that, you know, it, it's almost like it borrows it from hip hop because hip hop and rap, there was always like someone, you know, featured on a, on a whatever. And nowadays, I mean, even, you know, every band I know of, they're having guests on records and I just think it's so cool. Do you guys have any bucket list collabs that you kind of want to happen in the future? Like anybody that you can tell us about? I want to get Tom DeLonge on a girlfriend song, but I don't know if he's too busy chasing aliens, dude. <laughs> I don't know if that'll that, happen. That, that one would be nice. My 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 all time my all time would have to be Taylor Swift. You know, we got to figure out how to get Taylor on a track with us. We've been writing a lot of country songs recently. Third album is going to evolve deeply into a country uh, country. I'm just kidding. Um, I have no idea. I, there's so <laughs> many different collabs that I think we'd be pumped on. Um, you know, yeah. I'm just trying to think. Lots, a lot of artists out there. 
Well, I'll, I'll flip it around then. As far as touring, you know, are there any bands out there or artists that you guys would just die to tour with, like some bucket list bands you'd love to go on the road with? Oh, I think Blink would be epic for sure. Um, Angels and Airwaves too. Yeah, just yeah. once again, just to be just to be with Tom. You got to cover all night. the bases, right? <laughs> Hundred percent. If plus forty four um, goes out or boxcar racer, you can you can go out with them too. Dude, yeah, we were just talking about that boxcar album, man. It's, it's such so, a good fucking record, man. Perfect. <laughs> it's it's a perfect record. It's it's incredible. Anybody for you, Nick? Anybody you'd love to go out with? I'd be down to go out with AFI. That'd be awesome. For whatever reason. I don't, you know, I think that'd be just really cool. I actually, that, that was one of the bands that I left out earlier. I definitely grew up like listening to a lot of AFI stuff and just think that could be different for us. Um, Dude, Black Sails in the Sunset is like one of my favorite albums ever. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, what's crazy is, is I was uh, actually at a, like a film audition, uh, like probably six years ago. And I walk in and I sat down, I was waiting to get called in. I have my script and I'm reading it. And, uh, the, there's this guy sitting next to me and he starts asking me about my tattoos and I look up and it's Davey Havoc and we're auditioning for the same role. And we just like started catching up and, and he like kind of knew, like he didn't know, he was like, you, you were on warp tour and stuff a couple of years ago. Right. And I was like, yeah. And so we had like, you know, musician recognizing another fellow musician. Yeah. And so we got to hang out for like 30, 40 minutes and just kind of catch up. And, and that was really fucking cool. Cause like Nick, I was, I was a huge AFI fan. So with this new record, Emotion Sickness, like I said, out June 17th via Big Noise, is there going to be vinyl? Because I'm a big vinyl guy. Or is there just going to be, what's the physical look like as far as it? You missed you, by the way, Chris, we, we, we gotta, we gotta get you situated with one, but we made the coolest vinyl ever to be produced in the history of vinyl ever. Well, now I've, now I'm intrigued. Now, now I want to see what you're talking about. So so it was for our debut record. Um, we've done three pressings of, of vinyl and they, they sell out every time. But this last one that we did was a coloring book. Really? So the, the entire vinyl um, is, is on white, like really nice, like cardboard stock paper um, with design, like a, a whole new design on the album, the booklet that holds the vinyl, you color on that as well. The inside, like, you know, of the vinyl kind of like spine, you color on that as well. And it comes with a 24 pack of girlfriend's crayons. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's amazing. Was that just something you guys came up with one night? I mean, and, and then you found out you could do something like that. Cause that's so out yeah. of the, that's so out of the box. I don't even know how, you know, I understand Dude. the different variants, but that whole thing is just, that's next level, man. I got, I got really high and was like hanging out with my nieces and they were coloring and I just wrote it down. And then the next day I like, I I was like, I talked to Nick and he's like, that's a great idea. And so we called up, that's what's so cool about the whole big noise thing is like, we called up our boy, Adam, who's at big noise. And we're like, don't, don't look at us crazy, but like, (laughs) is this possible? And he's like, let me make some phone calls. And we fucking, we made it happen, dude. That's And by the way, I want to say, I know there's going to be bands that copy us, but we did it first. (laughs) I mean, yeah, you guys have that. You did it first. Is there going to be other pressings of the coloring book or was it a one-time limited thing? We did it one time and we pressed like the most uh, amount of copies of that because we knew it was going to be sick. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. 
Maybe. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm sure if not, you'll have other really cool ideas. <laughs> Just hang out gotta, with your we nieces. Send you one. We got to send you one. Dude, I, I'm all about that. I collect vinyl and a lot of the bands that have been on the show have sent me vinyl and that kind of actually got me going. I used to collect all the time back in the day. I sold a bunch of my collection. And then when I started the podcast like four years ago, people would come on and then I'd go out to my mailbox and I'd get I'd get a record. So I started collecting again. You don't have to send me the coloring book. Just send me any old any old girlfriend's record will be fine. <laughs> so uh let's talk a little bit about big noise then. Is there any what what kind of stuff other than girlfriends is going on over there right now? You guys have some new artists or I'm sure you're always busy. Yeah, I mean, like we've um, we've definitely gotten like more focused, and I would say more selective over just being trying to hone in on this genre I, I, of like acts that we've associated ourselves with and signed over the past couple of years. You know, obviously, Mod Sun's doing some awesome stuff. Um, his second album with us comes out um, this year. You know, he's been on tour with Avril and and doing that whole thing. Um, you know, girlfriends obviously being on the label uh awesome you know getting the sign to used was huge so yeah. their next there's their next records coming out um shortly as well on big noise um you know what else we're gonna put an escape the fate album out um and see how that does we're super excited about that feldy did that record with them recently um my boy ian who's in a group called the arrested youth um who's amazing just a great writer and a great kid um, working on potentially doing some more stuff with him and then just looking at some like more developing stuff. That's just cool. Like culturally cool music. You know, there's this kid named Alex sucks that we've been hanging out with recently. Who's, um, who's interesting, um, and doing some stuff and kind of like old strokes lane sounding things. And, um, yeah, man, just trying to find like cool culturally relevant stuff that we feel like is like different. And then also kind of balance that out with some of the more, like established acts like to use, you know, to keep, keep that stuff going as well. So most importantly, girlfriend's second album coming out here <laughs> June, June 17. So we're super pumped. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about the future then. What, what do you guys have coming up? I'm sure you've got some dates coming up, some different fests and stuff you're playing. Dude, we're, uh, we're playing our first kind of couple of headlining shows on the West coast. Uh, that starts in two weeks. We're really stoked about cause yeah, like I said, you know, the only kind of shows that we've gotten to play is, is either uh, opening up, you know, other people's tours or uh, a couple festival slots here and there. Um, and then so after our headliner shows, we're going to play a show in a volcano uh, in uh, <laughs> off the coast of Portugal with uh, oh shit, Pitbull. You go, dude, Jimmy World, that's in the Azores. I saw that online, man. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, and then we get back from that. That's in July. So yeah, we're playing a fucking show in a volcano with like Bush, um, Stone Temple Pilots, Sting. Pitbull, a, a day to Black remember, IPs. I think is there too, right? That's, that's next month. Oh. Um, that's a different show. That one's in Denver. Um, and yeah, we get to do it. It's the day to remember Jimmy Eat World. Um, who else is that? Stri- uh, the main. Uh, a, day, a day to remember the main Jimmy Eat World. Um, Silver Sun Pickups. Wow. It's going to be fucking epic as well. Um, so we're really excited for that. Are there any, any plans for, I mean, I know the Azores is overseas, but any plans for like Europe or Japan or South America, anything like that in the future? 
we get asked this every day. And anytime we post any like show in the U S all of the comments are come to Europe. When are you coming to the UK? Come to Brazil. So, yeah, come to Brazil. We're, de- <laughs> we're, we're definitely working on that. Trust me. Every time my old band would post anything, there'd just be like 90 people from Brazil saying, come to Brazil or come to Indonesia. Those were the two places. Yep. Well, I tell you, man, I, I love the new record. I think it's great. I, I wish nothing but the best for you guys in the future. I think you've got a bright future. And uh, anytime you're close to the Indianapolis, Chicago area, I'll try to make it out. Maybe we can hang out in person, man. That'd be Dude, awesome. Fucking, I'd love that, man. Fuck and yeah. if you guys are serious about that vinyl, I collect that shit. Just have your... Have we your, got you. Have your people we talk to you. my people. Let's do 100%. it. 100%. We're sending you one for sure. Awesome. Well, today has been amazing. And like I said, uh, much success in the future. And please come back whenever you guys have anything, a new tour or anything, come back and chat with me, okay? Got you, brother. Thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate the support. Have a great evening, gentlemen, and I will talk to you soon. You too, man. Peace. Cheers, bro. Bye. So there it was, my conversation with Travis and Nick from Girlfriends. Uh, They better send me a copy of that record. I am holding them to it. They said they would send it. (laughs) Have your people talk to my people. Uh, Yeah, so make sure to stream and pick up the new record, Emotion Sickness, out now on Big Noise. It's pretty awesome. Um, I really, really enjoy it. It's got that modern kind of pop punk thing going on, but there's some nostalgia stuff in there too. I really, really like it. And Nick and Travis were such good dudes. Go support them and, you know, support the people that you dig and you dig the stuff that they make. That's what this whole music scene's about. So check it out. And also, you know, check out the other artists on Big Noise and watch Travis's TV shows on MTV. They're pretty awesome. Ghosted and... uh Secret Relationship, that's what it's called. And I'm pretty sure Travis has a show on, uh, or or like a radio show on Apple too. So check that out as well. Maybe I think it's called the Travis Mills Show. Uh, He gets really good guests. So check that out. If you guys are listening, thank you so much for being on the program. Hope to have you back in the future. And I can't wait to get my record in the mail. It's going to be very nice. But uh, that is it for this week, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate you spending so much time with me every week. When I'm here, I know I missed a couple weeks here and there, but it's the summer and life is hectic. I have kids. I got to do my business. So thank you for sticking with me and staying on the ride. Make sure to follow us on the socials at TOTOT podcast. Follow my band fire sale on the socials at fire sale is a band and check out fire sale is a band.com. We have a new record. Hopefully that's going to be out by the end of the year. Definitely new music out by the end of the year. Uh, vinyl is delayed. So we'll see. We're still trying to figure out, you know, releasing it what label and how we're going to do everything so check out fire sales for more information if you're into the band uh if you need to get in touch with me need to sponsor an episode or just chat or guest suggestions or whatever hit me up tototpodcast podcast at gmail.com make sure to check out our website tototpodcast.com and grab some merch while you're there it's the best way to support the show Uh, I'm going to leave you guys with one of my favorite tracks from the new Girlfriends record. This is a song called Therapist. And uh, once again, thanks for sticking with me on the podcast. I'll be back in the weeks to come with really, really cool guests. And uh, I have some great episodes coming up that need band sponsors. So if you are interested in some affordable worldwide promo, hit me up and uh, we'll take care of it. Thank you so much. I'm out.
the song that I'm going to play. Like I said, Therapist from Girlfriends, Travis, Nick, thank you guys for being on the show. Can't wait to see you guys live. I love you guys and gals. This is Chris. Remember to be kind to one another. Stay cool in the triple-digit heat. And as always, I'll see you soon. I love you. Peace. You always call me when you're stressed out. You took my hoodie to your mom's house. You said it smells like me and it helps you sleep at night. You said you think you like me too much. I'm overthinking and it's too much. I forget to breathe, my anxiety is high. I can't wait to tell a therapist about you, about you. You when I'm nervous I say stupid shit on purpose Almost lose control of the vehicle when we touch You have your secrets and that's okay I ask to hurt you but you won't say But one day you will if I'm with you Fredrickson from Rancid. This is Mark O'Connell from Taking Back Sunday. This is Tom from MXPX. Hey, this is Jay Bradley from Bad Religion. This is Vinny from Less Than Jake. This is Travis from Coheed and Cambria. This is Chris number two for the band Anti-Flag. Hey, this is Ricky Rocket from Poison. This is Pete Parada from The Offspring. Hey, this is Zach Blair from Rise Against. Hey, this is Eddie from the band Thrice. Hi, this is Frank Tana. Hey, this is Jim from Pennywise. Hey, this is Eric Smelly, the drummer of No Effects. Hi, this is Bill from Faith and More. Hey, this is Chris from Propagandy. Hi, this is Roy from No Use for Name. Hi, this is Ben Gillies. I'm Silverchair. This is Stefan from Descendants, and you're listening to That One Time On Tour with Chris Swinney. Hello out there. 
Yes, rock everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!